You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. This evening, I'd like to preach on a specific moment in Joseph's life, uh, as Brother Jet mentioned. And I'm not going to go into too much background just because um, I, I trust your Bible IQ. Um, so Joseph was the 11th out of 12 brothers. Um, he was his, his father's favorite son. Um, but not only that, God had a plan for Joseph to one day rule over his family. And if you have any siblings, then you would understand that his older brothers did not like uh, that fact. Um, but long story short, Joseph's brothers wanted to kill him because of that. And they decided to throw him into a pit and sell him into slavery. But God blessed Joseph immensely. And he was with him through all the hard times, all the trials. And he's now a highly favored slave in the land of Egypt and second in command in the house of Potiphar. And that's where we find Joseph in our text today. So if you'd please stand, uh, Genesis chapter 39. Genesis 39, we'll begin reading in verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, behold... My master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Thank you. you may be seated. And we'll get right into the message. A man once said, when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment or the moment defines you. I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure what you think of when you think of a defining moment. Uh, but when I think of a defining moment, I think of one a decision or one moment that characterizes um, someone's life for, for a time or even for their whole life. Now, I'm a huge sports fan. I, I love sports, and I love any sports illustration that I can fit in there. So that's what we're going to have today. A one defining moment that I think of in sports um, in one person is Bill Buckner. I don't know if you've heard of Bill Buckner, but Bill Buckner played for the Boston Red Sox. He amassed over 2,700 hits. He set an assist record in the AL that still stands today, and, and overall had a great career in the MLB, but he'll never be considered uh, to, to be a, uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame because of one mistake that occurred in a Game 6 of the 1986 World Series. Buckner, Buckner's defining moment uh, came in the bottom of the ninth inning when Mookie Wilson of the Mets hit a slow ground ball toward first base, and what should have been a routine play was not. Instead of completing the play, Buckner attempted to rush it and causing the ball to roll between his legs and into right field, allowing the runner to score, giving the Mets uh, the win and also tying the series at 3-3. The Red Sox would go on to lose Game 7, and it actually uh, just continued the streak of losses uh, in the World Series from 1918 to 2004. Bill Buckner would be blamed for the continuation of the drought, and would be hated by most Red Sox fans for his whole life. And uh, he, he, it seems like they've taken him back, but it, but it is a moment that truly 
uh, defined his life. And, and uh, the, the quote that I mentioned earlier was definitely true about Bill Buckner. Uh, he let the moment define him instead of defining it. Um, you know, I have a feeling that there, there are some people in this room, uh, and, and definitely in my life, where there have been some moments that have defined me, maybe have defined you, um, instead of us defining them. And uh, in here in our text, Joseph gives us a good example, uh, instead of a bad example, of how he defined a moment with the Lord's help, instead of letting it define him. In verse 7, we see that Joseph is tempted by Potiphar's wife to commit adultery with her. But in verse 10, we see that it's not just a, a one-time temptation or, or a one, one-time thing. It's a daily battle. You see in, in verse 10, it says, And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. You know, it, it, this, this is not just um, something that Joseph had to face once. It's something that uh, he, uh, through his work, through his living, he, he lived there. He was there all the time. That's a a strong temptation that he faced. And it it seems like it comes to a head in verse 11 uh, when it says, And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. He he didn't fall to this temptation. But, you know, I can imagine what what could have gone on in Joseph's mind. He he could have thought, What what do I have to lose? Nobody knows me here. No one would blame me. Who, who, who would even know? Look at, look at me. Look at what I've been through. Nobody would blame me. Look at all the things I've gone through. I'm basically second in command in, in Potiphar's house, and Mrs. Potiphar is above me, so she would be the one to blame, not, not me. Joseph could have used all his hard circumstances, all the trials that he had been through, uh, to, to use that as an excuse to sin, to fall to this temptation, but that, that's not what he did. You know, when I think of Joseph... Um, and, and think about all the things he went through in his life. It, it's really convicting to me because um, all, all the things that he went through, being sold into slavery, uh, just betrayed by his brothers, and then, and then continuing through his life, all the different circumstances that uh, led to who Joseph is, you know, he, he could have had uh, any excuse and every right to complain and really to just justify whatever emotions, whatever thoughts that he would have had. But you can clearly see that, that Joseph did not fall to, to any of these thoughts. And it doesn't even seem like he fell to any of these thoughts throughout his life. Um, you know, many times you and I can go through hard times, um, whether that be at work, um, go, going through a hard time with, employee, with, with your fellow employees, or maybe it's with your boss, maybe a tough relationship, a health scare, lost loved ones. Um, e- even during this time of the coronavirus, maybe you lost your job. You know, we, we go through hard, hard times, but... Unlike Joseph, many times uh, we use them as excuses to slack off sometimes in our Bible reading, in our prayer life, um, even our belief in, in uh, commitment to God. Um, you know, and I'm not in any way trying to belittle the, the circumstances that we go through. Um, I know there's people in this room that have gone through unimaginable trials, things that I couldn't even understand. But I know for me, even some of the littlest things that I go through, um, some, some of the littlest things that just happen in my day, can get me to miss my Bible reading or, or, or miss my uh, prayer time with the Lord and, and, or, or even just miss church. I, you know, I think we, we try to find so many excuses to, to miss church and, uh, and to get as far away as possible as we can uh, when, when an obstacle comes. But, you know, that's not what Joseph did. He didn't let any excuse or any of these thoughts that he could have had uh, to, to, uh, uh, to, to excuse his behavior, to 
to make him fall to temptation. That's not what he did. Joseph did not fall to any of these thoughts. He had victory over this temptation. But how? how what, what was behind that? What was the mindset behind uh, him overcoming this temptation? I want to tell you, it, it doesn't come by just haphazardly or, or by accident. It comes, uh, it was very deliberate, and it didn't come by default. Uh, the jo- Joseph had a mindset that helped him, and I believe that it can help us with our temptations today as well. Look at verse 8 and verse 9. That This is his response to the temptation. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not. He, he doesn't know what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph acknowledged that he had been given so much by God. He had been blessed so much that his sin wouldn't just be against Potiphar or or Potiphar's wife. It would be against God, the one who had given him so much. I think that's something that that we often forget and something we need to be reminded of uh, very often is that our our sin isn't just against our, our, our fellow church members or our employee, employees, our, our bosses. You know, it's against God, the one who created us and has given us so much, given us great families and homes, the one who saved us. That's who our sin is against. It's not against anybody else. And it, I think if we would remember that, it would keep us from a lot of that. But, but Joseph saw this and saw that his sin was against God. And he knew that this was not just a, uh, a temptation to commit adultery, but it was a temptation to become discontent with the things that God had given him. Joseph refused to focus on Potiphar's wife, the, the one thing that God had not given him. And instead, he chose to focus on all the things that he had given him. He, here it is. Jo- Joseph overcame temptation by focusing on what God had given him instead of what he lacked. Joseph chose to be content with where God had him and what God had given him in that moment. And, and, and he chose not to focus on what God had wisely not given to him. Joseph trusted God through, through every single one of his trials and through his successes and he knew that God was everything that he would ever need. And he would give him exactly what he needed in, in his time. But just think, if, if Joseph had not chosen to become discontent, or chosen to become content with what God had given him, think about how much different this story would be. Um, Joseph would have probably ended up, just as other, other men in the Bible, who, with a lot of wasted potential, and, uh, and, and just fallen to, to, to adultery and into uh, that kind of sin, and, and Joseph would not have gone on to save the butler, be second in command to Pharaoh, prepare and save the nation for the coming famine, be the witness that he was there in Egypt, uh, and, and be reunited with his family. But ultimately, he would not be the, the Bible hero that we have today and the man that we look up to. Um, he, I mean, him, him and David, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't say, or, I'm sorry, him and Daniel, it doesn't say much that, uh, that they sinned or anything. And, and he's a a hero to me, my favorite Bible character, he wouldn't have that if he had fallen to this one sin. This was a de- defining moment, and may I say a defining mindset in Joseph's life uh, that made him the man that he is and, and was. But, but enough with Joseph. Um, let, let me ask you, how, how are you handling your temptations? How are you handling those moments of discontentment? Now, there might be a defining moment that comes along for you even this week, even tonight. Maybe tomorrow morning. How are you going to handle it? Now, let's face it. We all, we all struggle with um, temptation to sin on a daily and, may I say, momently basis. Um, it, it's something that we will always struggle with. 
You know, I know our temptations won't always be like Joseph. You know, we're, we're not, most of us, we're, we're probably not going to be sold into slavery anytime soon. Um, but, but we can still learn from Joseph's response to this temptation. You know, if, if you don't think discontentment or, uh, or the struggle of being content is a real thing, just look at Adam and Eve and, and how it went for them. Discontentment was a part of the first sin in the fall of man. Two people chose to become discontent with the things that God had given them. And they, they literally had a, a, a perfect world. They literally lived, in, uh, lived in and walked side by side with God. And they became discontent. So if they can become discontent with a with perfect world and sin, and get their focus on one thing that God doesn't give, then I think we can struggle with it too. But I just want to touch on a few practical areas um, of our lives where we face contentment, discontentment, and then we'll be done. Uh, I know this isn't always comfortable or, or fun to talk about, but it is the direct application from the text. Um, for, for most men and most women, even in this room, um, there's a struggle to become discontent um, in marriages and in uh, your standing in your relationship. You know, there, there's always a strong temptation to fall into lust and wrong thoughts, some extreme cases adultery. Um, it's a big deal. And, and it's e- even easier to fall to this in our culture right now with all the technology, all the social media that we have. It's so easy to get your eyes focused on something that God hasn't given you. But, but it ultimately comes down to whether or not you'll be content and, and with the Lord's help, be content with the, the person that God has given you or for the single, the single people, the teenagers, the kids, something that God hasn't given you, a relationship that God hasn't given you yet. If you choose to focus on all the things uh, that, that you haven't been given, um, then one moment of falling to temptation could ruin many wonderful relationships and could define, define your life for, for the, the rest of your life or at least for the majority of it. How about the temptation for a better job or, or for more money? You know, I know this isn't, this isn't always bad, and, and, and we should. We, you know, want, wanting, wanting more money is not necessarily a bad thing. It, but if it's rooted in discontentment um, with where God has you or, or what God has given you, um, then that can be a problem for sure. And when, when it takes you away from a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night service that, that is so vital to our spiritual life, then that can become a problem, and, and, and it, will, it will ultimately affect you and your family. It will affect the church. And if you just choose to, to, to trust and focus on what God has given you, be content with where he has you, then he'll take care of every single need uh, that you have and bless you with more than you could ever ask for if we choose to be content with what God has given us. Yes. Teenagers and kids in the room, um, I, I know that at times there's a temptation for each one of you uh, to focus on what your parents are not, and to focus on, on all, the, all the flaws that you see. And, and, and it is true. No, no one is perfect. But it, it, it can become so easy to focus on those things. But you have to remember, God has placed you exactly where you need to be and with the exact family that, that he would like you to be in and where you can grow. And, and he's given you exactly what you need in your parents and your siblings. And you've got to choose to be content with those things. And again, no one is perfect. But if you don't choose to honor your parents and, uh, and, and build that relationship with them and be thankful and content with the family that God has blessed you with, then you too can, can truly ruin some relationships and, and that discontentment can take you to a place that you never thought you would ever be in. Focus on all the incredible blessings that, that comes from your family and, and focus on all the things and be thankful for those things that God has given you 
And, and he, he, will, he will bless you. The, the Bible has many promises that, that if kids will honor and obey their parents, respect their parents, and God will bless you for it. But if you continue to focus on all the things that you lack, sooner or later, then you're going to fall to temptation. Just, just, as, just as Adam and Eve got their focus in a perfect world on the one thing that they couldn't have, it ultimately led to their downfall and the downfall of man. You are always going to be faced with the choice to focus on God's blessings or the things that he has wisely not put into your life. I believe our greatest temptations and opportunities for the wrong kind of defining moments will come when we have our focus set on the things that we don't have. Again, think if Joseph had decided not to be content, even in the hard times with what God had given him, he, he would not have gone on to be able to do the things that he had, and he would not have been blessed and lived a blessed life like he was able to. He chose not to let that moment of temptation with Potiphar's wife define him, or, or, uh, but, but he chose to define that moment and be satisfied with where and what God had given him. I believe that his response to the temptation uh, defined him for the rest of his life and, and allowed him to do great things for the Lord. There, there are some in this room that are being faced with the temptations or defining moments on a daily basis, like Joseph. And if we're not careful, then we'll be like Bill Buckner and, and let, let it one moment define us for the rest of our lives. If you decide to embrace this mindset, you'll open yourself uh, to, to, for God to use you in this church in an incredible way. Decide now that you'll let your life uh, be completely focused on contentment rather than the temptation and sin of discontentment. Is there an area in your life where you are struggling with the sin of discontentment? Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's uh, children with your parents or whatever it may be. Then just give it to God and, and he, he will take care of you if you will just focus and be thankful on the things that he has given you. I, I know during this time in the coronavirus, it, it, it was so easy to focus on all the things that, that we didn't have. All the things that, were, that were, seemed like being taken away from us so quickly. And, and we didn't have the church and everything that, that we would like. And I know it's going to take a long time for, for us to get back to where we need to be. But if we can just focus on, on what God has given us and focus on the things that, that he allows us to do, I think God can truly bless us and, and truly use us even during this time. So just like Joseph, maybe you're going through a hard time. Maybe life isn't perfect right now. Whatever it is, choose to focus on what you've been given instead of what you lack. Let's stand and we'll have an invitation. I'll pray and I'll hand it over to Brother Jet. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.